Hey everyone, welcome to Mountain Made with Jess. This is your host, Jess Kissling, and welcome to today's episode. You guys, thanks so much for joining me. On the episode today, we have another incredible guest. We have Tiara Brummond on the podcast today. I went to elementary school with her. I've known her for so long. She has been one of my best friends. And even though life kind of takes turns and you don't see each other, you don't talk for a little bit, like when we do get together, when we do talk, like we just pick up where we left off. She's one of those people that always is there that's always her, you know, there's just people that always are themselves and down to earth and just really good people. And she is one of those people. She's funny. She's entertaining. She's so smart. She has knowledge on so many different aspects of health and homeschooling and having, you know, animals. She's got chickens and goats and these farm animals that they've raised and she just has so much knowledge and experience and she has such a cool story. We scratched the surface of it today. It's just, it's a really cool conversation. I love this conversation. I hope y'all get as much out of it as I did. Honestly, she had some stuff going on before that she was like hesitating and do I reschedule and she was just catching a lot of resistance and friction on it. But like she said, she did a story this morning on Instagram and she did a story that she basically said, like, if anything like that happens, you're doing good. Like there's bound to be something positive and powerful happen if you are met with that resistance. And I 1000% agree with her on that. She's amazing. She's one of my best friends. um, And I so appreciate her coming on the podcast and talking to us about some things that are close to her heart and she really opens up and gives us some really good insight so hopefully y'all enjoy it and here we go Yara has been my ride or die bestie since we were how old Mm, like first grade or yeah was it kindergarten? I'm trying to remember. When was your mom the music teacher? I want to say first grade. I think it was first grade. Mrs. Bell's class. Yes. Long enough that we don't remember how long we've been friends. That's all. That's all you said. <laughs> um, I have to give her credit because she is one of the people that really encouraged me to start the podcast when I was terrified, <laughs> when I didn't want to do it. <laughs> she has always been supportive even though we're not super close sometimes life gets crazy we have kids you have jobs you have things and it seems like anytime we talk or get together it's like we're back to normal like life is just fades in the distance and time is stops and we just catch up and I love her so thank you it's just us we're always just us yes (laughs) Yes. Our kids get along. Our husbands get along. I know. Closer. I'm so glad for that, too, because that's a real deal breaker when, you know, like somebody's spouse, (laughs) they have to jive. Yep. It's important. It's so important. So knowing you and having you being like best friend, and there's so many topics we could cover 
One I do want to cover because it's something that I think a lot of people are dealing with more so now is your homeschooling. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in that topic, but I would love to start with why did you decide to and what do you notice in your kids or what are some of your favorite things about it? So like when we even considered homeschooling, that was like a big fat no in my head. Like when we were growing up, homeschooled kids were weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just were. Sorry, homeschooled kids (laughs) Uh, of the 90s. Yeah, I think most Um, people would agree though. Yeah. So we had put Ryan, our oldest daughter, into kindergarten and she was kind of behind the whole time. And then we took her out early because we were moving and then we put her into the Mandarin immersion program for first grade. Okay. Because my husband speaks Mandarin Chinese. And so we're like, oh, this will be great. But where she was like already behind mm-hmm. quotations, um, it just was, it was really hard on her. And she like switching to going all day was really hard. And like, I would drop her off at school and she, I would watch her walk in the building and like her backpack was bigger than her. And she had the like, like sick feeling to my stomach every time and I thought that it was like you know something that would go away or I would adjust to but it never changed I just felt sick every time dropping her off in this building full of people that I didn't know you know like it's just you know your fears come out to play but something just innately felt wrong to me anyways and then she really started to struggle about halfway through the year and her teacher brought us in and wanted to talk to us and she said, you know, she just, she does so great one-on-one. She really just wants to go outside and she talks and she doodles. And I'm like, she's a kid. She's six years old. So I'm not sure what you need from her, but um, she was like, yeah, you know, like, I think maybe she has like a learning disability. And I just, I would be willing to come in a few hours early on some of the days of the week and just spend a good solid hour with her working with her extra. And I was like, she is already going for six hours a day, which is killing me. And then I'm going to bring her in early for other days of the week. And I was just like, I just felt super strong that like I needed to bring her home and homeschool her. And I had some friends who were homeschooling at the time and I kind of like picked their brains a little bit, but I definitely feel more so like I was told to homeschool than it being something that was just like a desire of my heart, you know, like I was terrified. Yeah. And um, looking back now, like that was, oh my gosh, she's 14 and, you know, that was eight years ago. And I, I can say that that has been the best decision besides marrying my husband <laughs> that I've ever made for my family. Yeah. Like the memories, the hours, the, just the relationships. It's so, it's so fulfilling. And, and a lot of people <clears throat> think that homeschooling is what everybody got in 2020. Yeah. <clears throat> Where you brought school home. That is not homeschooling. Yeah. No way, no how is that homeschooling. So um, I tried to do that at first and totally burnt out. She hated it and I hated it. And it was just like this huge nightmare. And then 
I had a friend, um, kind of, she's my guru, <laughs> kind of directing me and guiding me on what not to do. And she said, you know, she's so like, she was coming home from school telling me she was stressed and her little personality was starting to change. And it was just like, something's got to give, you know? Yeah. And, and then I brought it home and I tried to force it on her and it like kind of became a thing between her and me. And it was just, it's just a nightmare. So honestly, we ended up just backing off of schooling for a couple of years Yeah, and just learning through play and museums and, you know, other ways. So, you know, we just kind of hit the pause button on what we thought we were supposed to do, you know? Yeah. And then by the time that my second was ready to go to school, it was just already solidified that like, you know, we can learn so much more in so much less time together. You know, I, I don't ever want to like bag on the public school system or like make anybody feel like what I do is the right way or the better way. But like what I see in my kids that is so different than what I experienced growing up is they just have this like emotional, relational, familial intellect that I, I didn't get. Like we are so much just like a functioning team at home. We're just like right. learning to do life together. It's almost like more like life school here. Mm -hmm. and which I don't know. Is, is I don't know I think that that's something that you can't teach in a school it's something that has to be taught in a home yeah and I think it's just something that people learn a lot later in life if they go to a public school yeah I don't know I well, think it's, it might depend on the families too I guess yeah well the time is just shortened like for me that's what it was is like if they're gone five days a week six hours a day, you know, and then it was like, we'd come home and we'd like try to do more homework. And it's like, well, for crap's sakes, you already had them all day. You know, <laughs> they got to come to my house and do more work. Like, yeah, that's, know, I mean, like, JC's, JC's doing homework right now. Yeah. It's like homework, showers, dinner, bedtime. And it was like, okay, well, I guess we'll see you Saturday. Yeah. And then we would try and jam pack everything into Saturday because it was our one day, you know, that we had to just do stuff together. And I don't know. It was well, just too much for me even. Right. Well, and with your and Will's jobs and professions, like it's fit so well. I feel like not that it's easy. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy to do with any job, but you, you have the ability to be home and do that. And I mean, he does sometimes, I mean, there's times that he's not, but yeah, I don't know. I just think that helps so much that you guys have such a good situation. It does. We're definitely you created like, it. Well, but we're we're really blessed. Like I know that our situation is unique in that we're both entrepreneurs and we have the ability and the flexibility to, you know, kind of do what we need to do throughout the day. Uh, Will's schedule is definitely fluctuates more with his travel, but yeah, for me it's really nice, and I am really really grateful because I know that a lot of people can't. You know, right. it's just an option. So. That's not lost on me either. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one thing that, cause we did in 2020, 2021 ish. Mm -hmm. And I loved it for the most part, but it also was 
hard with work because I work full time. I mean, I do have a job that I can take my kids, but then trying to do a job at a separate location with two kids that you're trying to make sure they get school and they're behaving and they get like, it's It's just not ideal. It's so much. It's so much. So, but I can see where it'd be so rewarding. Like I, I loved it. I mean, I will say that 2020 was hard on a lot of people, but it was hands down the best for my family. (laughs) Oh, so many core memories, right? Yeah. And with, with how stressed JC is at school right now with the workload, it makes me wonder like, and she, she fights me on it. She doesn't want to, she didn't like it. She loves, she loves the atmosphere. She loves the social. She loves the teachers. And I'm like, okay. But I finally, cause she's so hard on herself and she pushes herself so hard in school. Like I don't like she, I feel bad because maybe she feels like I'm not, I've kind of let that go too far on the scale of like, I don't care what your grades are. I don't care how you're like, I want you to do well in school, but I'm not going to be that parent. That's like, you have to get straight A's. Like I'm, I'm not pushing her like that. She yeah. does that. So she told there's kids at school and they're like, Oh, my parents are going to kill me if I don't get good eight grades. And she's like, my parents don't even care. And I'm like, <laughs> I care. I, I just, care. Yes. It's just not my priority. Yes. Like if yeah. you're trying hard and you're working hard and you get a D, like I'm still as proud as that A, <laughs> you're working yeah. hard. Yeah. You're learning things. But yesterday she had a major, not major, but she was stressed about, cause we're, she's going to miss Thursday and Friday this week. And I'm like, honey, if you're that worried, like that's not okay. Like, I don't want you stressed. I would rather you have lower grades and be happier than have yeah. higher grades and be stressed. I said, this makes me want to homeschool you. And she was yeah. like, well, that's not what I want. And I said, okay, so what can I do to help? And she, you know, told me a few things I could do. And then I said, okay, what are you going to do to lessen your stress on yourself? And she's like, I guess I just need to let go of like having straight A's. I said, awesome. Yeah. That's all I need you less stressed and more happy. You're 13. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she's so lucky to have a mom like you, right? Like where you understand that like your, your mental health is far more important to me than what your grade is in history class, you know? And I feel like a lot of, I kind of feel like our generation is kind of getting more into that, like emotional intelligence and like learning how to regulate your nervous system and your emotions and all these things. Because for me, like growing up in the public school system was like, I had so much anxiety about balancing my homework and my grades and, you know, projects and social. And like, there's just so many things that you have to worry about. And sometimes I tell Will, I'm like, I'm a little bit jealous of our kids mm-hmm. because they don't have the box, Yep, like box that I was in. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, we had our, our nephew spent the night and he asked my son who was I think 11 at the time he was like oh those are really cool socks what brand are those and my son was what's a brand (laughs) I was was so proud I was like yes I did that for them they don't have these like pressures yep they have no idea they have no idea these like trends that go around or the pressure to like 
wear a specific label or look a certain way. Like they just get to be themselves. And I, oh, it's a gift. And I'm grateful that it's a gift I've been able to give them. And I love that you're doing that for JC too. Like it's not, it's not just a homeschool mom thing, but that culture that's at school is, it's just a lot of anxiety and a lot of pressure. Well, it's like I asked her, I said, so how are like all these other kids managing this? And she goes, well, most of them just don't care. So they just don't do their work and they get bad grades. And I'm like, well, I guess there's that. But <laughs> like, don't, I mean, don't do that. I don't want you giving up. Yeah. on like, I want you to work hard and try and, you know, all yeah. those good things. But I'm like, as 13 year old, you're not supposed to be up till, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock doing homework and then go to school all day. Like, that's not yeah. what I want for you. So yeah, yeah. You got to keep your priorities in line, you know? Yeah, for sure. So what is, what is your favorite thing to do as a family for, I mean, school related, but not, I guess, activity or something that you consider schooling with your kids? So, um, every Friday, so my kids right now, they're doing like an online program that's like for an hour and a half in the mornings. And then we do other stuff, but every, that's only Monday through Thursday. So Friday is our uh, we call it adventure Friday Aww. where we, you know, we pick something to go do where we're like learning and expanding ourselves. But a lot of times that looks like going to the dam and fishing yes. and just talking. And Ryan, like my daughter will always just like bring a notebook everywhere she goes and she's drawing like her art skills are incredible insane because she has a, like unlimited free time mm-hmm. to just like pour into her passion, you know? So it's those, those are my most favorite days is, you know, you know, kind of throw in the towel on the whole book work or what we just like enjoy learning and being outside and being with each other, you know? I dig that. Yep. Yeah. Right up my alley. I can totally relate to that. Okay. Is there anything you would tell anybody that is considering homeschool or thinking about it or just starting? Well, the the best advice I got when I started was don't bring school home. You're doing homeschool. You're, you're learning how to like be a family at home, like life school, homeschool. Yeah. Um, but I think now at the beginning of every school year the kind of this trend goes around on social media where moms drop their kids off and like go party you know like they go home and they just have all this free time and I good for you because truly it that's wonderful (laughs) but is that like (laughs) what, what is that for me I can't even begin. I, how do I even say this? You know, cause it's like, you don't want to shame people. I don't want to ever shame anybody like about their choices. And I really do like, it's funny, right? That they, they're happy for their free time, but it crushes me. It crushes me because I can't imagine sending my kids away for 30 hours on my week. Like I want to be with them. I want them around me. They're, they're my best friends. I treasure 
my hours with them. And no one, like, come get me because no one can take that away from me. I wouldn't trade any amount of free time or quiet time or me time for like these precious few years that I have because they go fast, you know, and I, I'll have moms sometimes be like, oh my gosh, I couldn't be with my kids all day. I would kill them. And it makes me sad because I'm like, my kids are the coolest. Yeah. But I think, I think what's hard is like, people don't realize there is this adjustment period. Like when you first start homeschooling, like you have to figure out your rhythm together and you have to learn how to function together. And, and when a family's schedule is so blocked out, like, okay, dad's gone here, mom's gone here, kids are gone here. And then we all have to try to come together at the end of the day for a few chaotic hours. You're thinking that, oh my gosh, if I, if they were home all day, my whole day would be chaos. Right. It's so different. It's so different when like you're doing every day together, you learn how to function and be together and work through it. And I just think that like my kids behave differently because they're around me all day where, you know, a lot of public school kids are, they're gone all day and they have to put on a specific face or, you know, they have to be responsible. They have to do all these things. And then when they come home at the end of the day and they come home to their safe place, mom, then things kind of get unloaded and it can feel like, oh my gosh, this is what it would be like all day, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But that's not, that's not what it is. And I just like, if somebody is going down that road of starting to homeschool or considering it, it's very daunting. Like there's a lot you have to unlearn. Yeah. There's a lot I had to let go. Like on the really hard days, literally, I would just over and over in my head, just remember heaven, not Harvard, heaven, not Harvard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> my goal is yeah. to like produce kids who know themselves, who know their God, who know where they come from and what they represent. That's, that is my like God given role as a mother. Yeah. It's not straight A's. It's, it's not for them to go to an Ivy league school. If they want that great, they will pursue that. They will do it if that's what they want. Right. But like, for me, it was just like, you know what? I'm just giving my kids a space to learn what they want to learn at the pace they learn. And without all those constructs and all those boxes that our system likes to put people in. Yep. 1000%. See, and what I like about the homeschooling aspect is they can pursue their passion in so much more depth than in like school, like you were talking about Ryan with her art. Like I think of JC in the same aspect. Um, Hunter is like my mathematical engineering work Mm -hmm. with his hands type dude. Yeah. And I've told them both. I said, you know, after fifth grade, like I'm down for homeschooling because at that age, I feel like Hunter with me with like the reading and the math and all the basics. Like I was not great for him with that. <laughs> like I was yeah. a patient one, but I'm like, I feel like after that elementary period, he can do it on his own at his yeah. own pace, even yeah. at work with me Yeah, where I'm like, 
I'm open to doing half day at school or full homeschool. And he is, as of now, like really open to that. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. JC, not so much. She loves the social and she loves her teachers. She has some really good teachers, but I feel you on that whole chaotic. You come together at the end of the day and it's like, yeah, crazy. it's crazy with, especially with you throw sports in there or yeah. afternoon activities, like your night's gone. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I really do feel like I've had to like fight for our time. Like I've had to like defend our family time from all those things that can just like suck up your life, you know? And I mean, I, I don't know. Some people could consider that sheltering, but for me, I'm like, there's just these formative years Mm -hmm. and I, you know, like any parent, I don't want to screw it up, but, but I, but I also don't want to like watch it fly by as I just like taxi kids around and take them to other people to race. Yeah. Yeah. 1000%. 1000%. Okay. Another passion of yours that I really want to dive into is the foot zoning. Oh, because I'm so curious (laughs) if you're open to talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. Love to hear more about it. Like, how did you learn about it? What interested you about it? And like, what started your journey into that? So, um, I, well, I learned about foot zoning, like when Rome was a baby. So how old is he? Been a while. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. So probably like 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of just like this random thing that people would be like, oh, you should, you should get him foot zoned if he's having this issue or this issue. And I was like, oh, you know, all right, sure. I'll try anything to help him. And, um, this was actually when he was like, I think he was like four. See, we had a rough go, him and I. He was really, really a tough kid. Um, but I took him to this lady that did foot zoning by me. And I was just like baffled at the information she like handed me from like what looked like a foot rub, you know? Like she... <laughs> She told me that the the reason that he was having a hard time pooping was because he was lactose intolerant and I needed to like cool it with dairy. And the reason that he was having these really like intense emotions up and down was because he had a uh, an allergy to red dye number 40 and he was hypoglycemic. So he needed to be eating more often, you know, to stabilize his blood sugar. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, so like implement these things and he just like turns into this whole new kid. Wow. And then when Beckett was my youngest, was a baby, he was like, I don't know, 18 months or something. He would, he would get this like dry cough and he would just like cough all night long and it would keep me and Will awake and just drive us nuts and he couldn't sleep very well. And so I was like, well, I'm going to take him to the foot zoner and see yeah. what she's you know, and, and well, no, that's not what I did first. That's back that up. I took him to like a bunch of different doctors to see like, Oh, what's going on with him? You know, does he need to be on antibiotic? Like that's what I used to rush to do for my kids. And, um, the doctors would be like, yeah, no, I don't, 
there's nothing in his lungs. Like he sounds fine. And then uh, I took him to my family doctor and he was like, you know, it's probably just an allergy. I would just go ahead and give him a little bit of Benadryl every night before bed. And I was like, oh, that seems a little extreme. You know, like I'm not going to juice my kid full of Benadryl every night before bed. So that's when I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try the foot zoning lady, see if, you know, she's yeah. got some, because she did a great job with Rome. So I took him to her and again, was having a lactose issue. He was having like an allergy to the milk. I was having him drink every night. And she was like, you need to swap him over to goat's milk. So we took him off of uh, cow milk, you know, just the regular gallons of milk from the store. Yeah. And I actually used it as a great reason to get farm animals. This <laughs> 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 is how I talked Will into buying goats. <laughs> um, so then we actually started milking goats and we took our homeschool weirdness to a whole new level. I love it. <laughs> uh, and, and his cough totally went away. That's awesome. Because he could actually digest the milk. So it was like something I was fascinated by, but it just wasn't ever, you know, the timing was never like I, I, I felt drawn to it, Yeah. but it just never happened, you know? And then all of a sudden last year I connected with um, a lady on Instagram and she had watched, I, I have struggled with weird. I don't know if you can call it autoimmune. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. chronic stuff right for 11 years now and you know the doctors the western medicine has just completely and utterly failed me so I right. kind of gave up last fall on seeing doctors at all anymore um and I had gone into Ulta one day and like my legs just gave out on me like I could barely drive home like I was like struggling to like sit up to drive home it was like I just lost all the strength in my arms and legs and she, her name's Heidi McKay. And she reached out to me and she was like, I am really fascinated by what is going on with you. Like I've been watching you for a little while and it's, I feel like you might have this issue that my daughter has called mast cell activation syndrome. It's like a histamine intolerance type deal. And she's like, I would really love to get on your feet if you would, you know, <laughs> something like that. And I was like, I'm open to everything. Yeah. Oh, um, first up, maybe like for anybody that doesn't know a whole lot about foot zoning, like what is it? Oh, foot zoning, you that. know, <laughs> <laughs> let me try to describe the color purple to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so foot zoning is basically, um, it's a modality. It's, it's kind of like reflexology where there's literally a map of the entire body like organs, brain, like everything on the bottom of your feet. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can access that. <laughs> this is really hard. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome for this. <laughs> um, yeah. You, but it's like, you can, it's like a map of the body on the foot and you can feel it. Like sometimes there's physically you can feel like a knot in the foot or crunchies like where a specific organism. So you can feel that, Oh, there's like a blockage here. There's, just, okay. you know, you're having with this. Sometimes it's something you feel energetically, like there is a block here. And like, this is where you have like a lot of 
you know, it can be emotions. It can be, you know, physical blockages. Like it's fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, so I went to her and she foot zoned me and it was just incredible. Like she was just this wealth of knowledge and we just totally clicked and she had told me that she was actually starting foot zoning school and was starting classes the next month. And I was like, I just like knew, Mm. I just knew that it was something I was going to do. Like I had been waiting for her specifically to teach me. Wow. Because it just like, yeah, I, I needed her. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, she just has like this really like calming presence of I, I don't know. She's just so wise, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. I want to learn how to be like that. What, what can you teach me? <laughs> so I molded over for a couple of weeks and then I signed up and started school last October and graduated in June. Oh, cool. And it was, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> like it just wasn't even almost even about foot zoning the education that I got yeah like it was just more so like breaking into this whole other part of healing this whole other like deeper level than I'd ever thought before yeah because you don't get that with you know going to a doctor's office oh no 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 (laughs) no I've been to plenty of those never had an experience like that So do you mind me asking what changes you've made since figuring out kind of what issues your body is having and what your needs are? So for me, this whole other, it's, it's just like, I walked through a different door, you know, like all this time I've been trying to figure out like, what's going wrong with me? Why is it going wrong? Why is my body broken? What is, you know, and, and just like trying to do like uh, you know, prescription medication, which would always make things worse for me or supplements, even like natural supplements would make, you know, other things worse. And I just like, it was just like, no matter what I did for my body, it just wouldn't, it would not respond or it would get worse. And it was just like, I'm not understanding the language that it's like trying to communicate to me in. Yeah. And when I went to foot zoning school, just, I realized that the things that were going wrong in my body was a communication of trauma and emotions that were never dealt with or, you know, given the chance to be processed. And it's very much an inward thing. Like I had just been searching outside of myself for all these years something to come in and fix me yeah someone I'm looking for that right doctor I'm looking for that right prescription I'm looking for that right pill you know and it just it, it couldn't work yeah because there was this part of me that needed acknowledged yeah and it's like that deeper like energetic spiritual level of like literally my soul is like, Hey, you are doing too much. Hey, you need to listen to me. Hey, (laughs) you know, like, and trying to communicate that to me through these symptoms or these random things that would come up. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting learning 
like through foot zoning that specific emotions are stored or trapped in specific organs or places, you know, like, like your liver holds all the anger that you haven't expressed in your life. You know, like there's just different specific places where specific emotions vibe, you know, if it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So it's just been kind of like breaking myself wide open. Okay. Like, like, oh, I, I'm, and some people might call it shadow work. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little creepier. <laughs> it really, it feels like I've been doing like spirit work. Yeah. Like I have just been like allowing things and I, I, every, every year at the beginning of the year, I pick a word. Maybe it's cheesy. Maybe it's cliche, but it's literally the only new year's resolution I ever keep. I love it with myself and think about all year long. But I, at the beginning of this year, I felt like the word allow came to me. Oh, I love that. And at first I was like, kind of like, Oh, like that feels a lot like I'm just going to let whatever happen and people walk all over me and I have no boundaries and I already have that problem anyways, but it just felt a little different. And I, and it got clarified one time when I was sitting in foot zoning class. Um, I think it was like in March, but we're talking about intention and how like living in intention just deepens your life. And Um, so I added to my word and I wrote out allow with intent. I love that. And, and I think so much of like my personal health struggle, it's just been this story that I had about myself in my head or, you know, the story of my life that like, oh, well, this is what happened to me. So this is who I am. And this is what built me. And I'm just this way. And, you know, you actually were the person that, that got it into my head, like change the story. No, you just change the story. Like stop believing the crap that you're telling yourself and change your story. And so it just, just that mindset shift of like, okay, you know what, when I have this symptom come up, I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to allow it to happen. I'm going to let body feel it and I'm going to process it so that it can then leave me. Right. I love that. Because what I would do before is like, I would have something happen and I would just panic and I would add so much fear and like emotion into it, making it a hundred times worse. Yeah. Just amplifying it. Yeah. And, and just allowing it to be there being like, well, at the end of the day, this has happened to me before and I'm fine now. Like I, you know, I made it a hundred percent of the time I've survived this. So (laughs) it's either I just allow it to happen and process it or I die. And that's fine too. I feel like like at the end of the day, I really had to go there. Like I, I always tell people, I always tell people, yes, I'm always giving so much advice to all the people, (laughs) you know, me, (laughs) No, but when I, whenever I'm having like a serious conversation with a friend who has something that they're like really afraid of or they avoid or is just like keeping them stuck, like I will, I just do this with myself. And so I give this advice like, okay, play out your worst case scenario. Like let your mind actually go there. It's not actually as scary as you think. It's like, 
I actually told my Sunday school class this, my 12 year old kids at church on Sunday. I love I was it. Like, Satan likes to keep things in the dark because they're more scary, right? Yeah. If it's secret and in the dark, it's way worse than it actually is. It's like an alien movie. This is what I told him. It's like an alien movie. Have you ever watched an alien movie where like the whole movie, there's like all this suspense and you see like the fingers of the alien or the silhouette of the alien. And it's like horrifying. And you're like, ah, and it makes you jump. And then at the end of the movie, they actually show the full alien. And it's so fake and dumb that you're like, that's what I was afraid of this whole time. Like that's ridiculous. And they did a terrible job. It's so fake. You know, that's how I feel like the adversary works. Like, if we can create this story in our head of how looming this problem is, how terrible it is and how it's going to destroy us and how we can't make it through it. But really like if you, if you really play out the whole scenario in your head, like, okay, what am I actually afraid of? Yeah. Okay. Well, if, okay, I'm freaking out about money, right? At the end of the day, if I don't pay this bill, if I don't have enough money to pay this bill, I can go get some extra work. I can call my mom. I can call my dad. I can call my in-laws. Yep. Someone will bail me out and they'll know that I'm going to pay them back. Yeah. Okay. And and if that doesn't work, I pay my tithing. The church will bail me out. And if that doesn't work, God's going to send me a miracle somehow, some way. But it's like in our mind, we're like, oh crap, we're going to be homeless. We're going to go to jail. Yep. You know, like, but it's like, when you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Like, so it's like, whatever is in your head, let your, let yourself go there. So I had to let myself go there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm having heart palpitations right now. And my left leg is numb. Well, I guess if I die, I die. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, once you let that, like... I don't know. Once it's not a secret, once it's not this like thing that you keep hidden or that you don't let yourself go there and don't think about, it actually sounds ridiculous. Like I'm not going to die because I'm having heart palpitations. Yeah. See, and I think about it in the same, kind of the same way as something scary, like in the dark, there's a room in your house that you don't want to, we all do this. You go out to the garage or the basement or wherever, and it's dark and you run up the stairs or you run through the garage into the house because who knows what's chasing you. Right. Obviously you just have a light on. How scary is it? It's not, there's nothing there. (laughs) Like you're scared of nothing. It's literally the comfort like that you've given yourself in your own head. Well, and yourself. I love the idea of playing out the worst scenario because honestly, and and never is it the worst case scenario ever. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe. I mean, sometimes. But, I mean, could. Rarely. Uh, rarely. Things are always bigger in our heads than we make them out to be. Like, they're we, always, yeah, in our head than they are in reality. Yeah, we're super dramatic in our heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of just like, so I had to read this book that I recommended to you called Power Versus Force. Oh, good. And I'm telling you, like, next to the scriptures, this book has changed my life more than any other book. Because it's just like, I don't know, like, it just finally clicked for me. 
I needed, I needed a science married with the emotional stuff for me, for it to be real for me, right? Like so many people for so many years have told me, you just got to change your thoughts. You got to think positive. (laughs) Oh, I could have punched Will in the throat for how many times he told me to just be. (laughs) I'm like, I'm literally physically suffering, mentally, physically, emotionally suffering. And you're telling me that it's my fault. (laughs) Yeah, actually we are. <laughs> so it's like, for me, it just, I don't know. When when he added science to it, it just, uh, my brain let it in, I guess. That's awesome. But just kind of this concept of like, we are electromagnetic beings and everything vibrates at a specific frequency. Emotions, emotions have frequency. They do. You can feel like, when you walk into a room and somebody's just been arguing with someone else, like you walk in and you like, you can feel it. It's like palpable. Well, it's like how they say you, what did you say? You could t- cut the tension in here with a knife. Yeah. Yeah. Like There's that's, an that's a saying like, for a reason. Yeah. And it's more than just a feeling. It's like an actual, like yeah. physical vibration. Right. And so, uh, his, his basic construct, like this book is maddening to try to really comprehend. I'm not as intellectual as I should be. <laughs> Well, same. <laughs> but it was like, you know, the basis is any emotion that vibrates at a 200 or below is destructive. It's force. And anything that vibrates at a 200 and above is constructive. It's actual power. Yeah. But like the world and the adversary keeps you down below that 200. And that's where you vibe. And that's what you bring to you. Until you step into the very, I love that the very first step into power of vibrating at a 200 is courage. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. So for me, I I just got this, this concept in my head. I was like, okay, when I have these episodes come up where I feel like crap, Mm -hmm. I literally have to up my vibe. Like we have watered that down so much, like good vibes, chill vibes, but it's a legit legit thing for sure so I was like that's controllable mm-hmm. that's controllable and for someone who's been like chronically ill for 11 years control is not something you have right you feel so completely out of control and so for me to understand this concept I was like okay like I I get it I can actually with cliche step into my power yeah start like when I when I'm having this feeling I can like I can listen to some music that has an uplifting vibration yeah I can hum I can like hug my husband Uh I can go outside and ground myself to the earth I can literally put bird sounds on my google yep because bird sounds calms your nervous system like there are legit frequencies that I can step into that can literally change my physicality yeah and that was that that has been life-changing awesome like it's seeping into every little part of my life I'm realizing like okay when I eat red vines when I eat licorice I feel like crap Mm -hmm. why because that's dead food it 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 has a low vibration my body doesn't know what to do with it. I'm literally lowering my vibe by ingesting this thing. Okay, I can go and eat an apple and up my vibe right now. 
That's an awesome way to look at it. It's just like every little thing and you have all the control in the world. You just have to like decide. Yeah. Dude, that's powerful with the food. I didn't even think about it with food, like the dead food and like, it's, it's a duh thing. Like, you know it, but I didn't think about that. Like, you don't, you don't think about it that way, but it's like every single thing that you're consuming. That's so cool be it food or information mm-hmm. is affecting your vibration. Yeah. Totally. It's either bringing you down mm-hmm. or it's taking you up. Yeah. And what's, what's crazy is like all these years ago, I watched that movie, the secret. Oh, <laughs> you know, I've seen about, it about manifesting and mm-hmm. manifesting dream life. And it, like the concept was so great. Like I made a vision board. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Now when's all this stuff coming to me, <laughs> you know, but it was like, I wasn't at that level. Yeah. I wasn't vibrating at that frequency that something like that would come to me. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you, you have to be that inside before it can come to you. It's like literally like a magnet. Yeah. I was holding, two, I was holding two magnets on my couch the other day. Mm-hmm couch that's such a ghetto word my sofa (laughs) couch just like like it just feels like like you know those like carpet couches from this like 80s yes the flowers on them yes that's a couch hey I still have a couch that I mean I don't call mine a sofa Oh my gosh. Okay. But mm-hmm. you have a fancier sofa than I do, so you can call yours a sofa. <laughs> no, no, I'm an idiot. I bought a white couch. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. No, that's definitely no, you cannot call a white I just called couch. it a couch. It's a sofa. <laughs> sectional, actually. It's sectional. Okay. But how dumb do you sound? Like, oh, I was sitting on my sectional. <laughs> Stop it. It's getting late. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways I, had, magnets. I had these magnets, like Becca has these like row of magnets. They're not the little ones that little kids swallow. Okay. I'm not a bad mom, <laughs> but it was really fascinating to me to like, like when you flip the magnet around, mm-hmm. you can literally feel the energy field. Like you can feel yeah. that resistance. Yeah. And then when you flip it, like it, you, you can hardly keep it apart. Right. And there, there's a literal magnetic field that you have for yourself. And then everything else, like money is an energy, mm-hmm. food, people, experiences. Yeah. Like, like everything you're doing in your life is actually coming to you because that's what frequency you're on. That's your vibe. That's your those are your people. Those are your experiences. Those are your places, like everything. Dude, dude. And it's <laughs> wild that we're having this conversation after the weekend I just had. Cause that just like, everything just wraps right in a nice little bow. Well, and that's, that's the thing too. Like once you step into that realm, once you like step into your power and you start you start thinking positive. It's the darndest. <laughs> Who would have thought? Like, I just, I just noticed things just are working out, mm-hmm. you know, like 
if I need a good parking spot, it's there. I showed up to do my fingerprinting last week and oh, the lady was like, oh, I don't have any appointments for any other day, but like, I've got like 10 minutes right now, you know? And it's just like, I have what I need when I need it. And telling myself that yes. allows that door to open. Yes. Like it allows it to happen. Yes. And Without for me, like I, you know, bless our parents and our grandparents because they did what they could with what they had. Growing up, like my mom would tell me that our family motto was Murphy's Law. What can go wrong will go wrong. What? Yeah. And in no. my family, it's it's my luck. That'd be my luck. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's like, par for the course, right? We're done with like that. What I grew up hearing, and that's what I believed yeah. about. Yeah. And then it's like being having a chronic illness that like no doctor can help me with. Like all these things just solidified my belief uh-huh. in that life is out to get me. Life is hard. It's just meant to be a lesson. You come here and you suffer so that you can maybe go to heaven. Like that's where I was. Yeah. That's a dim, that's a dim place to be. That's rough. You know, I just couldn't understand. Like, like I really was just like, really God, like you need me to come down here and suffer Mm -hmm. so that I can have a good afterlife. Like that's your plan for me. Yeah. That scripture that men are, that they might have joy. I did not believe that. Okay. So would you be open to going in a little bit more to like how your relationship evolved through all this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's honestly like, that's been, I feel like he's been like trying for so long. Like Sierra, come on, don't just a little further. It's okay. You go to your pace, but just a little, you're almost, you're so close, you know? Yeah. Like it took a, a complete and utter breakdown. Yeah. Like, and there have been many breakdowns. Like I have had a lot of trauma since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. Like there has been a lot of like mistrust in my relationship with God. What's super interesting. And I learned this a few years ago and it really helped kind of shift the direction was that your concept of God is based on like, right. If you believe in heavenly father, your concept of God is actually based on your father. Wow. Like your, like your, your dad that you grew up with, right. Okay. That's the father figure you've had. So that's what you associate to God. Okay. That makes sense. So, so, right. Like if your dad was like gone or he left you or he judged you or like all these things, that's how you feel like God treats you. Okay. And so for me, I had to like, look at like, okay, like I have an awesome dad. I do yeah. like, He's wonderful, but like all of our parents have, you know, like, I feel like, but the, like we were talking about earlier, like the emotional intelligence yeah. has been, it's not a thing. Like you don't talk about it. You don't, no. you don't go there until yeah. I feel like our generation is like, no, no, we're not going to do it that way anymore. <laughs> like we are going to talk about it and we are going to like go way past. There's, there's a better way to do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for me, I had to kind of look at like, okay, like, what, you know, what did I feel about my dad growing up that I'm now projecting onto God, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, you didn't show up for me. Yeah. I can't, you weren't there, you know, like your face wasn't in the audience. Mm-hmm. 
I needed it to be. Yeah. And so I feel like I kind of had this, this similar feeling with God where like all these other people get miracles. Like, can't you heal me? Like, can't you send me to the right doctor? Like I, I prayed about this doctor and I felt like I should go and, and it was all wrong. And I, I did that over and over. It's like the yeah. definition of insanity, you know, just doing the same thing over and over. And that's what I felt like I was starting to like lose my mind. Cause right. I, I'm like, how many more times can I just keep trying? Like, I don't even want to keep trying, like, but I can't give up. Yeah. You know? So, um, it all really like culminated in 2021 when I, I got COVID. Mm-hmm. I was like, we were all, you know, terrified of COVID and all these things. Yeah. And literally it happened. Will left. I have a, I have a hard time. I've had a hard time being alone. Like that's always been a thing for me. Like I can't sleep. I can't, I just, I don't want to be alone with myself. Right. Which is a deeper thing. <laughs> Like, oh, no, we're not going to actually deal with ourselves here. (laughs) So I've always had this like fear when Will would go on these uh, trips to film hunts and he was leaving for two weeks. And I kind of felt a little sick right before he left. And I was just petrified. I was so scared I was going to get COVID while he was gone. Guess what happened? Guess what I attracted to myself? Yep. Because that fear is really strong, right? Yeah. So I got COVID at the same time, my family got COVID and it was just me and my three kids. And I was, I was down. I was for 14 straight days and it was like, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was literally barely existing. Barely. Will couldn't come home. He was in another state and they didn't have any other videographers. Like there was nothing anyone could do. Yeah. And like my kids were you know, who knows what they did. Poor things are probably so traumatized. And then one night towards the end of it, like, and, and it sounds really weird, but like COVID was one of the darkest, like it had a dark energy. Like I am full on one of those people who believe it was created mm-hmm. to steal, kill, destroy. Like it was created for a purpose, a dark purpose. And, and f- it was like, I didn't get the like respiratory thing because I did my homeopathic stuff, which I was just barely starting to learn, but everybody else in my family got the respiratory. I didn't. It was like, I tried to describe it to Will and I was like, it's in my head. It's like attacking my brain. Oh, like that sounds so crazy, but it was attacking my brain. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like a year later, they, they came out and said that it actually does attack your limbic system. Like your emotional center. Yeah. It was absolutely attacking them. Anyways, it was just constant praying, begging God to just help, help, send help, anything, anything. And it was just like night after night of lying there awake, just suffering. Mm-hmm. Like there was no relief. There was relief one night. <laughs> I remember one night at like three in the morning, I just, I just could, I physically couldn't anymore. Yeah. And I begged and all of a sudden, like, I just felt it lift off of me Wow. just long enough for me to fall asleep. And like, I, that was a total oh. miracle. But then a few nights later, it was really bad. And, and I, I had called my 
my brother-in-law and my father-in-law to come over and give me a priesthood blessing because it was really, I was really struggling and I felt like I was going to pass out. Hi, my kids are just there. It's like 10 o'clock at night. What are they going to do? And they were driving across town to come get me. And, um, I called them and I was like, how far out are you? And they're like, we're like 15 minutes away. And I knew I wasn't, I couldn't, I was like losing consciousness. And so I actually called 911 and an ambulance came to the house and got me. And I was literally like, like convulsing in the ambulance. And it's like in your head, it's like when these things happen, it's like everything's in like slow-mo. Yeah. And you're like, is this really happening? Like, am I going to die? Like, is this the last time my kids see me? Is this the last time I see my kids? Is this like, this is like how I go. And it's just like you, I was waiting. I was waiting for God to show up like in these ways, like that people talk about in like their deep, dark moments of like, I felt it all lift like that one night for me Yeah. or like I saw an angel or like, you know, like someone showed up to help take care of me. Like, no, I went to that freaking hospital alone. I was there the whole time alone. The nurse barely talked to me because I didn't get the jab. So they were just like, there's nothing we can do for you. Like it didn't, there's nothing on the machines. Like you, it seems like you're fine. And I'm like, I literally recorded a video, Jess, saying goodbye to my kids. Like, I thought I was going to die there in that hospital by myself. And, like, God did not show up for me. Like, he was not there. I was utterly alone. And, anyways, I, I uh, had my sister-in-law come get me a few hours later, like, at 3 in the morning or something. And, I slept in their basement for like a few hours, but then they had to take me home. Like that was pretty sketchy for them to have me at their house. You know, like, I'm so grateful, but yeah, like, obviously I recovered. Well, right. But like, I didn't recover for a long time. Yeah. It just like broke me. Like on every level, I was just like, there's no way that God is going to let me be sick when Will's gone. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, well, I'm sick. There's no way God's going to let me get really sick while Will's gone. Okay, well, I'm really freaking sick. Okay, well, there's no way that, like, I'm going to have to, like, go to the hospital and get an IV and, like, do all these things. Like, there's no way God's going to just let me die like this. But I felt like he was going to. Yeah. And that really just, like, destroyed my relationship with him. Yeah. I remember right after that talking to you about like this exact thing and you've always, I mean, I mean, you've had that testimony and that strength and that belief way stronger than I felt like I did. And to see that it had brought you to that point was like, it blew my mind, broke my heart for you, but I had no doubt it would change. You know what I mean? Like I had no (laughs) doubt it would like come, come back. I mean, and it's not going to happen overnight. It, it's yeah. a trust thing, right? And it's a faith thing, but like it broke my heart seeing you at that low because I think I saw you what like a month or two after that had happened. Yeah, yeah you I can remember. Up. It goes right after that, but seeing you now and seeing you then, it's like two different people. Like I told you the other day, like you just yeah. like 
I guess, and it's going to sound cliche, but like, it's like the kid Tierra that I knew, like I'm I'm seeing her more again and I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. So the evolution of that has been really cool to see with you. Yeah. And and I'm proud of you for doing the work because it'd be really easy to give up all hope forever after that. Yeah. Well, I did. I really did. Like I got bitter. Well, but not forever. I went there, you know, though, like I, I gave up, like, I just, I was like, he's not going to show up for me when I need him. Like in my darkest hours, like he didn't show up, you know, but it was like, it was good. Now, now I can say that for a long time. I couldn't say that. And even now talking about it, like, I still, like, I feel like I have a little bit of PTSD about COVID experience. Like whenever Will leaves, I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Right. Like, I'm good. I think I'm good. I got this. I got this. I got this. It took a long time to like claw my way back to like trusting and like having faith and like letting God really back in. Yeah. Well, that makes sense though. I mean, and I, I hate to say it, but it's, it's like, it, it sucks in the moment and it sucks going through it, but kind of like I'd said before, it's like the word, the fric- friction, like I heard that over this weekend and I was like, okay, yeah, friction, like friction is what is needed to sharpen yeah. your ax, like in order to make you sharp and strong, like you have to have friction with an easy, cozy life. Like you're not going to be sharp. You're not going to be strong. You're not going to be forged. Yeah. And you don't have to go to those deep, dark places to see what you're made of, to see that you can go that bad and that you'll still be okay. Like I, I have, I haven't had that experience with God. I haven't. Yeah. But also your, your belief and your strength personally is so different than my, which I think everybody has a different relationship with God because it's just, that's just how it is. It has to be. Yes. Yes. So, and it's not to say that you can't have a strong relationship with God with, you know, without going through something like that, but it, damn, it's just a good, it, I don't want to say story because it's, that does takes away the realness, but like you have that experience and that's like, that's, it's powerful. It's yeah. Powerful. Well, I really feel like, I feel like everybody has to go through their own Gethsemane, right? Like, like Christ in, in the grove, like he was like, there was a moment where God let him be alone. Yeah. You know, like even him. Yeah. Like, okay. Who am I to think that like, God's not only me alone. He left Christ alone for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because that contrast, mm-hmm. that feeling of him gone, mm-hmm. like you can't forget it. Yeah. And so the feeling of him coming back or not, it's, that's, that's not, even, it's not even like, for me, it wasn't him coming back to me. He never left me really, but it's like, I left him and me coming back to him. Yeah. The contrast there is just like, I can't unknow it. I can't unlearn it. I can't unfeel it. Like, like he's so real to me. And it was funny. Cause even when, like, I never, I never went there that he wasn't there. Like he wasn't God. Yeah. You know, it was, I was mad at him. Well, right. You know? 
Like, yeah. okay, well, obviously there's something there. If I'm directing my anger towards it, like I still have faith. To yeah. You know, the acknowledging of him is. Yeah. But I had, I still had the faith. It was just really damaged and yeah. really raw and sensitive for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I feel like, like last year before I went to foot zoning school, I really just, I just, I started doing this thing in my life where I just asked him to teach me. Mm-hmm. Like I just made it to the end of all the ropes I had yeah. because there were multiple ends of multiple ropes. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm not getting what I need to be getting. Like I'm not, I'm not comprehending. But the reality was is I was getting everything I needed the whole time <laughs> because like, I have this flippant Google PhD in <laughs> like <laughs> nutrition and like the way that your body yeah. functions and supplements and herbs and homeopathics. Like yeah. I have gotten a flippant education mm-hmm. and I know that there's purpose in it. And I know that I'm going to help people with the knowledge that I got. And it was hard one. Yeah. Like I toiled and I fought and I suffered. Yeah. And in that it like, it built who I am. Like I'm forever changed. I am a totally different person. And like, I just started asking him last year. I was like, okay, I I, I can't go to any more doctors. So I'm going to lose my mind. Mm. I'm done. You teach me, you show me light my, light my next best step. Yeah. You don't have to show me the whole plan. Just yeah. show me the step. Right. And I just feel like it just opened up this like level of humility that I needed to unlock for him to really start working in me. Yeah. Like, and he did. He just started teaching me. He started and it was that desire, right? Yeah. Like that desire to have the courage to let go. It's literally saying Jesus take the will. Yeah, literally. Literally. You do it. You do it. I'll do whatever you say. But it was like, I also had to get to a point um, where, where I said, but if not, mm-hmm. right. Is that, is that the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego where they, you know, they say that like our God will save us, but if not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who knows if that's the wrong story. I'm really, I, and I'm it. not, I'm not sure. So, <laughs> but, but if not, if right? not, if not. <laughs> It's okay. And I, I will still like glory in him because, oh, absolutely. because he knows better than I do. Like it just really took like rock bottom, like that absolute humility that like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And you do. And I'm going to go ahead and submit to that. Like, I just, whatever you want for me. Yeah. I know that that's what's best for me. Yeah. If you want me to go good for two weeks and almost die <laughs> and hate for a little while okay you know I'll take it yeah Yeah. so I just but but that way of learning has been life-changing well and it's different than what we're taught I feel like yeah Yeah. like a lot different and and not not no digs to like teachers or parents or anything but it's not something that's taught or was taught no like in like we're not taught to 
rely on our intuition. Right. We are taught to seek out help from the system, yes. right? Yes. Like on every level. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the force is outside of me and that's where I have to go find my help. I have to get. Yes. From outside. And that's it. It's recently, I don't want to say like dawned on me because it's something I think I've always known, but I always thought like when he spoke to me, it would be this different voice or this different feeling. No. Yeah. Me. Yeah. He speaks to you. I hear it. It's me. And for a long time, I did, and this is like the first time I'm saying this out loud. I believe there wasn't anything that he was telling me because I didn't hear what I thought it was supposed to be. Yeah. So I felt completely alone. And then realizing like, that's not it. He's been there the whole time. Sometimes I would listen. Sometimes I wouldn't. But once you get real good at learning, like this is me and this is the spirit or whatever you want to call it talking to me this is what I need to do it's a completely different reaction I offer completely different on those feelings now because it's like it's it's more than just me in here and it's not just me doing the work yeah he's using me in so many different ways to impact other people's lives touch other people's lives teach other people yeah. help whatever it is like it changed everything and and I don't know if I'm even making sense with how I'm saying it but no, in complete sense realizing that it's not an outside voice yeah like I don't yeah. know why it never dawned on me or never I don't know I never felt like it was supposed to be something so what's the word self <laughs> like it's... Well, it's so intimate yes yes that word like, yes like this like learning that in the same way that like the father is in the son and the spirit like that they're all one like and we're actually one with them too mm-hmm. like all goodness right it's all and we're all one with each other yeah. like power versus force talks about this how we're yeah. all connected in like this huge database of humanity that like we are interconnected whether we like it or not Mm -hmm. and and what one person does affects everybody dude i have a quote from this weekend it's that okay what's crazy is this so much of this conversation is like like you say it's all connected so it Mm -hmm. says one moment can change a day a day can change a life and a life can change the world yeah and I was like, it literally can. Yep. Right. Like, like, look at Jesus Christ. Look at God. Look at Mother Teresa. Like, that is literal truth. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting in Power versus Force, he talks about how like Christ vibrated at a perfect one thousand frequency. Yeah. Right. That's wholeness. That's like yeah. enlightenment. And just him being here affected every person on the planet like he lifted the entire universe Mm -hmm. with his level of understanding and enlightenment and all these things yeah so 
when someone tells you to like go home and love your family and change the world and it sounds so dumb and so cliche, literally every improvement that you make, every step direction that you make you are like literally upping the vibe of the whole planet yes you are blessing everyone around you with each step forward that you take in your own personal development dude like right like a rising tide raises all ships yes it's literal it's real and and like the connectedness is like like you're like you're saying like that is god in me Mm -hmm. learn to listen to my voice yeah right for me, like it had to be a little bit more black and white. Somebody one time told me that uh, if you have a thought and it's a good thought, it's from God. Mm-hmm. You have a bad thought, <laughs> negative thought, it's from the adversary. And so for me, that made it really easy to be like, oh, well, that's a lie. Oh, well, that's inspiration. Yeah. You know, and so it just, it's a lot simpler than I feel like we made it. Yeah. In, like that, oh, it has to be divine. It has to like. Like there will be angels singing and lights flashing. Like, no, no, No. the goodness in you is God. The goodness in you is the goodness in me. Like it's. And it's simple as opening a door for someone or smiling at them or anything like teaching your kids to be decent humans. Yeah. That's raising it. And another thing I heard, and and I'm going to keep going back is um, Jordan Peterson said, If we lie and we're not telling truth, we are not the ones speaking. And that hit home because it said, if it's not us speaking, if it's not that truth, that power, it's of the devil. Right. Like no no man can serve two masters, right? You are either working for God or you are working for the devil. Yeah. So he said, you tell the truth. And he said, it's crazy to think if you really look at your life and not only to other people, but to yourself, like, are you speaking truth or you're right. telling yourself lies and fear and doubt? And that yeah. doesn't come from God. Yeah. That's of the devil. And that was powerful for me because I mean, we all have fear. We all have doubt. We all have those negative low vibration thoughts, but just mm-hmm. raising the awareness of, is this true? Yeah. Is this real? No, really. Like, like sometimes when I, I'll be like, okay, in these moments where I feel like, and I realize like, okay, I'm low vibing right now Mm -hmm. and that's okay. That's normal. That's human experience. Like you don't shame yourself for that, but it's like, okay, I want to move up and out of this right now. So like, I'll go read the scriptures Mm -hmm. because truth has such a high frequency. Like it literally changes you. Oh, in power versus force. So they he talks about kinesiology, right? This is yeah. an actual, actual study where like they will, um, like a negative thought actually weakens your body. Yes. A positive thought actually like strengthens your body. Like your, your physical strength will yeah. increase, decrease according to truth and lies or, or like this one crazy experiment that they did. They actually, um, put, they wrote on pieces of paper, right? Like they wrote diet Coke on a piece of paper and they put it in an envelope and they wrote apple mm-hmm. and the people would go weak. And like the, the kinesiology, like they push your arm down. If they were holding the envelope that has the diet Coke written on it, their body would go weaker. 
there there was like no margin of error it was a hundred percent would so go weak wild. and then when they would like hand them the envelope because they couldn't see the words right yeah would strengthen every single time like your inner knowing your body your spirit knows yeah the vibration of the word of the thing that will weaken you so like it's wild like what our intuition actually is capable of yeah and I feel like that's where that's where we you know struggle or suffer is because there's these lies that we believe about ourselves yeah. Or these emotions that we haven't dealt with that really do make us weaker and make us suffer because we aren't willing to do that hard work to like have that hard look in the mirror that like, yeah. I actually am the reason I'm suffering. Yeah. And well, yes, there are other people outside of us that cause suffering, but it's like, once you get good with yourself, once you get good with God, mm-hmm. like no one can take you down. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what I'm that's what I'm cultivating. And that's the change that you're seeing in me is like, I just let go. I just like, like that cheesy, let go and let God literally do that. Yeah. I've done in my life and I have so much more peace and so much more joy and so much more compassion and empathy like an understanding why people are the way they are or why they do the things that they do, you know? And it, it really is just lies and hurt and trauma and like all these things that we have to go through as humans to experience, yeah. to grow. It just makes you look at the world different. Yeah. Well, and realizing that like those emotions of like anger and hate and um, envy and like the gossiping and like, yeah, it doesn't do us any good (laughs) and realizing that the positive and keeping good people in your life and doing things that do raise literally your vibration. Yeah. It raises like, it just, your, your quality of life changes. And once you hit that, like you don't want to go back. (laughs) Right. But what's, what's interesting is like, the necessary contrast right like it is normal and natural to feel anger it is normal yeah. and feel yeah. sadness we are supposed to feel those things yeah we so have the stark contrast between joy and peace and love right like they come hand in hand there's the law of opposite opposition like yeah there has to be there can't be one without the other yeah but what's what's interesting is how you experience those differently mm-hmm. well and I once, think once you understand well and and I guess what in meaning of holding on to them longer than necessary like yes we're going to be angry yes we're going to have feelings but like holding on to them just to hold on to them there's just yeah. you don't want to do that anymore once you realize that you can go through it kind of like you said earlier like you sit in it you let it be and then you let it go yeah well I feel like I don't know when you, when you do that work in yourself and you start to like see, right? Like everything and everyone is a projection of yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like see them as you see yourself, like yeah. what you're rejecting in someone else is actually what you're rejecting in you, or it's a fear in you that, you know, you could be that way or you, whatever. Right. So 
so for me, I, I'm starting to experience these things differently because I was really thinking about like, okay, like I have this liver issue, right? And like, that's where anger is stored. Mm-hmm. But like, as women, we're taught that like, we can't show anger. Like, that's not a like ladylike thing to that's be not feminine. But like that gets shoved down. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to be experiencing and processing anger in my life. Mm-hmm. I've always been a people pleaser. I've always wanted to make peace and like, to a fault, right? Like, because I never let myself get angry about what people were doing or saying, you know? So I created this imbalance in myself. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, like, what is it about anger that is supposed to be teaching me? Like, if this is something that, like, I feel like I have to like ask forgiveness for my anger, but it's like, there's also godly wrath. Like God feels anger too. So so what's my relationship with anger? Like, how do I, how do I have a healthy relationship with anger? And, and it honestly just came down to like allowing myself to feel it. Dude, like, oh, it really pisses me off. Like yep. that reaction in me. But, but what's interesting is when you start to do this work, this inner work is instead of being like on a hairline trigger, mm-hmm. you actually like sit with things and like in your mind, you walk yourself through what's happening why okay why is this making me so angry like why is this triggering me so bad like what's the actual little root cause and most of the time it's not what you think or what I hate to use the word triggered but triggered your anger it's something deeper something different well it usually leads down to some weird little lie that you've believed about yourself dude Or an insecurity that you have or like a need that you need filled Mm -hmm. that you don't feel like you're being seen or you're being given. Yeah. You know, like, like Will makes a comment about like the house or something. And I'm like, instantly just pissed. Like that's such a trigger for me (laughs) because in my first marriage, he told me I was a bad wife. Oh, maybe I made him say it. I was like, okay, well just tell me I'm a bad wife. Then he's like, all right, well, you're a bad wife. And that stayed with me. Like, I believe I internalized that, right? So anytime Will makes a comment about, you know, the house or like something, and for him, it's just, this is our house. Like we share it. We both clean it. We both, we all share the load. Yeah. But me, it just sizzles right back down into that lie that I believed that, oh, I'm a bad wife. You know? So it's like, that's actually where the anger comes from is like, oh, I haven't loved myself enough to know I'm a good person, to know I'm a good wife, to know that I'm worthy, like, of the title of a good wife, you know? Yes. So that's, like, for me, that's, that's what changes, has changed the most, is just the way that I'm, like, my thoughts are processing my emotions. Well, and allowing them to, like, kind of like you said, your word, allow, because I think a lot of times it's easy for us to just be like, nope, don't want to deal with that down you know put it in a box and store it away and that's what gets you to that point is not dealing with those and so I've noticed with me like over the last days probably year or two like sitting with my emotions good bad different letting them pass through and realizing that they're not going to last happiness joy it it, I don't want to say joy because I think joy anyway happiness or enjoyment is going to leave yeah anger or sadness is going to come in sometimes yeah there's going to be like I've I've started being like like so this is something that uh 
Heidi McKay taught me like in, in put zoning school. First of all, she never let us say, sorry. She, like, cause women, we just do that. We're like, Oh God, I'm, I'm sorry. I have a question. She's like, there is no, sorry, yes. no, sorry. But then the other thing that she taught me that I have to tell myself just constantly, she's like, nothing's gone wrong. Like nothing has gone wrong. Like this is happening for a purpose and for a reason. And you needed this. And so for me, I'm like, okay, well, nothing's gone wrong. Like I don't need to attach a story to what's currently happening. It doesn't have to mean something about me or the person or, or the situation. Huh? And I'll think to myself when I'm sad or when I'm angry, I'm like feeling, I'm like, man, I am having a human experience today. <laughs> yeah. And right. Somehow, somehow that makes it better. Like mm-hmm. to like, think about like, Oh, this is like my human experience right now. I'm in it. I am living it. I'm sad. I'm going to listen to some freaking really sad Anson Sebra song and cry in my car. Yeah. And I'm going to feel it being a human right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds so corny, but I think of it like, like I'm a ghost. Have you ever seen that? Like Casper, the friendly ghost or whatever, where I think it's yeah. that movie. I don't know. There's a movie where these, the, these ghosts are like eating food, like crazy. And oh, you yeah. just see it falling through them. Yeah. It's not staying. I picture that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to let it. And then it's just going to go. Like, it's just going to be gone. It's just going to go past me. And then I'm on to the next experience. I'm on to the next emotion, the next lesson, the next whatever. And I I think I love the no sorry thing. I've been trying to do better at that, especially at the grocery store or somewhere. If you're passing somebody like, oh, I'm sorry. Nope. Excuse me. Yeah. For when you've done something wrong that you don't want to do again, that you you're, you're saying, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. It's not your fault that you're, you're communicating to yourself. I've done something wrong. I need to be sorry all the time. I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. You're just reaffirming that in yourself. So I love, I love that she would do that. Anytime like someone would say, Oh gosh, I'm sorry. Let me. And we'd all be like, no, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. I heard, and I can't remember who said it. I want to say my friend, Jen, she, she stop saying, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'd never thought about that before. She goes, I'm sorry is for when you you've done something wrong and you don't intend to do it again. And so I literally have on my phone been texting somebody like, I'm sorry. And then I'm nope. I I apologize or something completely different. And it's, it's made me really think about it because we do is when we say it a lot and I've trained my kids to say it. So now I'm trying to work on that. The other word that I'm, you don't really say in my house is can't. Mm. And then recently is, (laughs) I'm going to, is don't because Mm -hmm. it's a negative connotation and whatever follows it, you're trying to get the person not to do or yourself not to do. So train that to be, yes. An example I recently heard is he he said, I was driving down the the interstate and I saw the word, don't drink and drive. He's like, well, I'm driving. I wasn't thinking about drinking, but now I am. Yeah. And so now instead of, you know, tell me, don't eat that in the front room. Oh, could you please eat that in the kitchen? Yeah. Or yeah. don't leave your backpack there. Hey, could you hang your backpack up? Like, and even to myself, like, 
don't, no, it, you retrain because whatever you think seems to be what happens. Whatever you speak seems to be what happens. Right. Like we because talked about earlier. Like I, this is a really interesting kind of topic that I guess is controversial. I didn't know. Um, but I'm doing a retreat in a couple of weeks in with some of my foot zoning friends. And it's a like we're doing like a sound bath, we're doing yoga, we're doing a man and we have a manifesting coach coming. Oh, awesome. Manifesting coaching session with us. And someone messaged me and they're like, do you not know that that's demonic? And I was like, the sound bath? What? No, they're like, they're like curing PTSD and veterans with the key of C, like the sound of bees humming C, Mm -hmm. like it's a healing thing. And she's like, no, the manifesting, like God is the creator. And if you're manifesting, that is like worship of self. And I was like, oh, I understand that really differently. And it was really cool because it was like, okay, if someone had said like this to me a couple of years ago, like I would have like reacted. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cause in that moment, like I was just able to respond to her, like, oh, I can see how people would think that like, yeah. and we all interpret yeah. things differently, but like I explained to her, I was like, I believe that like God is a creator and he's our father and he wants to give us all he has he wants us to co-create with him. Like that's why we're able to bring life into this world is because we are co-creators with God. Right. I'm not trying to be God. No. I'm trying to co-create with him. I like, yes. I, I thoroughly believe like he wants us to have joy. He wants us to create beauty, like anything virtuous, lovely, like whatever that scripture is. I'm so yeah. good at scripture. <laughs> like <laughs> those things. Yes. Right? Like we beautify our homes not to post it on Instagram. We put like I'm putting a front door on my house right now because it lets more light into my house. And light makes me happy and it puts me in a better mood. Mm-hmm. You know? Like the reason and the intent why you're doing anything matters, right? And if I'm sitting down to do a manifesting session, mm-hmm. it's to figure out how God can teach me to create a better relationship with myself, create stronger spirituality in myself, create, you know, a better home life for my kids and my husband, or like, you know, to improve myself. We have this perpetual desire to progress. And that is divine. Yes. Like God wants us to progress eternally. I believe that. Yes. And why would he, how, how can you do that without creating? Like that is inherent. And who's to say that that voice within you, that vision that you have is not coming from him. Right. Maybe that is what you are supposed to be living. That's, that's what the life that he envisioned for us. I don't well, know. It's like, and that's how I think of it. Like in the scriptures, like God encourages us to meditate upon these things. Yes. He wants us to sit and make space for him to talk to us mm-hmm. or like our, that stillness, that centering, like that's where he can work with us. We're so flipping busy. We just go, oh, like we're consuming constantly, like crawling and distracted. Like he can't talk to us. Right. So absolutely, I am going to sit down and I am going to co-create with God. You you can call it whatever you want. You don't have to call it manifesting if that triggers you, Right. you know? Right. But that, that, I don't know. Yeah. I know. I believe that. 
fully because, and, and I hear a lot of, if, if it's God's will and I hear that and I'm like, yeah. And I hate to say, but, so I'm going to say, yeah, what if you thought of it this way? Like he didn't send us here to just like not put anything into action or we have to act. Yes. Or, or what if he put us here to have our own thoughts to put into action yeah to progress something happens to us it's not you know negative positive whatever it it's for us i truly believe that yeah do we put it on ourselves a lot of the time sure but learn from it and move on but blaming yeah. god and saying like nope i have to just sit here and do nothing and whatever god has in store for me i will just it will just unfold i don't believe that yeah like it's I we have to act yes yeah it, I was listening to a, a talk by Elder Renland um, this week, actually, and it was really fascinating. And, and like, I understand that everybody interprets things differently and experiences religion differently. And I believe that that is like, that's, that's divine. Like everybody yes. own like customized curriculum mm-hmm. and that's how they find God. And that's great. And that's wonderful. So he was talking about how, like, um, like a lot of Christians believe like they don't give us as members of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints credit that like we believe in Jesus because we believe in Jesus different than them. Okay. And really what it boils down to, like the the big beef (laughs) is that like, they think we think we earn our way into heaven. Okay. That we're saved by works. Right. It's not true. It's not real. It's a interpretation, right? Like we know we're saved by grace. Like what Christ did, the atonement, we could never earn it. We could like, like it's a debt we cannot pay. Right. But he was talking about how, you know, people interpret God so differently. Like some believe that, you know, he predetermined who gets what and who goes where, and it's all just in a box ready to go. This is your experience. Mm -hmm. Some people believe that like, you know, we have to interact and we have to seek and we have to desire in order to go a certain place. Mm -hmm. So he gave this example of uh, a, a big pile of wood, right? Like, like a big, a big bonfire, right? And you have the little kindling in the middle and then the, like the twigs, and then it gets to the bigger logs, right? Yeah. And it's just sitting there, this potential <laughs> and it's there mm-hmm. already exists. Yeah. But we can't access it. We can't feel the flame or see the light until we take a phosphorus tipped match and strike it mm-hmm. and light it. Yeah. Like the Lord loves effort. We have to, you're not just going to magically one day all of a sudden wake up and you have this like rock solid testimony of God. Like, you know him. Yeah. You do have to earn things. You do yeah. have to make effort. Like the is sitting there it's there and you're the one that has to you do have to do some work yeah I love that example that because that's exactly how like that that's yes that explains it perfectly (laughs) I don't know it's like that's a very simple analogy but it's like so true and I feel like that's like each of our life and our potential yeah it is there it always has been there it always will be there but it can take on such a powerful form mm-hmm. 
if we take like the right steps in the right and like we tap into that source like that's already there it's already in us it it is us yeah dude so true so true (laughs) I love this I love this conversation I feel like I could talk all night (laughs) seriously oh is there anything else that you would like to share a mountain uh, this is a question I ask everybody a mountain that you've climbed recently figuratively (laughs) that you would want to share um I think I think it has just been that like surrender like that allowing with intent like allowing with a purpose like opening the door and letting whatever is going to come to you come to you but also at the same time realizing like you have the power and the control to like pick the door yeah you know and yeah. and like when hard things come or you know stuff that you don't want or you didn't ask for nothing's gone wrong yeah it it, it is here like count it all joy it is here to change you and help you like i i've had this like thought in my head for so many years and i don't even know where it came from it could be someone else's quote but literally like speaking of mountains it just reminded me of this like i believe that your mountain is your magic ooh you are who you are because of the hard things you've overcome and the darkness you've seen like i connect with people it's like this inner knowing like right away that like you know when you're done with yoga you say namaste it means i recognize the light and life in you that is so true but also it's like i recognize and see and acknowledge the darkness in you yeah i can feel when somebody else has been where i've been like to the depths yeah because you're different because you're you have so much more depth when you've been the rock bottom mm-hmm. and you can just like sense that and feel that in other people and that is what makes people interesting. That is what makes people wonderful is when they have gone to those places yeah. and make back out. Yeah. And when it really gets good is when those people reach back mm-hmm. to the in the place they were at. Like what you're doing. Like I love you so much and I'm so proud of you. Like I'm so proud of you, Jess. Thank you. But like, back at you, babe. You just have overcome so much and I and most of it's been in our heads, right? Like she's like crazy, random, like tragedies happen to us, but yeah. it's just like inner battle since we were kids. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know, like your mountain is your magic. Those hard things that you have gone through yeah. make you, you, that's what makes me love you. Like, cause I can see me in you. Yeah. And vice versa. And vice versa. Like, it's just, I don't know. I'm just starting to understand life on a different level and it's all good. So good. That sounds like such like a Matthew McConaughey thing to say, but like, (laughs) it's all good. Green light. (laughs) Green light. (laughs) I just love this conversation with you and thank you for, thank you for doing this. Thank you for sharing 
you. That's I did a post today about sharing you. Like we, especially with social media and different things, it's so easy to want to just put off this perfect front and yeah, sugarcoat and filter words and your life. And it's like, just give people you like, because you, I love you so much because you're you like when I'm (laughs) around you, I, I know there's no, like, you're not pretending you're not acting. You don't put on this facade. Like you're just you. And I love you. And that's the only way I want you is just to be you and you sharing a lot of personal things. Like I appreciate it. And I know it's going to benefit people. Like, yeah. You're amazing. You have Thanks. a light. Oh, love you. I love you. You're wonderful. Yeah. Thanks again. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining me and Tiara today for the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you got some stuff out of it. Hopefully it touched your heart in a way. These podcasts are an inspiration to me and these women that I have on here are incredible and I look up to them in so many ways and hopefully there is some hope or some motivation or information or a nugget that you took away that you can apply and you know make your life better that is the hope for for this whole podcast so hopefully I'll enjoy it hopefully you guys have a fantastic weekend we'll catch you next week thanks guys see ya